Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Keith Weaver with Weaver Business Coaching. Welcome, Keith. Thanks. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Weaver Business Coaching. Uh, Who do you serve and how do you do it? Well, we work with uh, medium and small businesses as far as, you know, across the country. As far as how we do that, we do individual coaching. We help them go in and and do assessments to find out where the gaps are in their business. And then depending on what those gaps are, we put plans together, tools together to help them kind of fill in those gaps, align their business so that they can get more out of their business. Now, what's your backstory? Have you always been involved in coaching or did you um, have another career prior to coaching? Yeah, I kind of fell into coaching, um, started out owning businesses and then was a mental health therapist, an attorney, and then decided to go back to, you know, running businesses. So uh, owned about eight different businesses. And uh, about eight years ago, when I sold two businesses, I was taking a year off. And at that time, a couple of people asked me if I would come and consult for their businesses and just once I got into it, I realized that was a passion and something I really enjoyed. And so decided to start doing consulting and coaching. Now, when you were doing that, did you have kind of a methodology you were following or were you just kind of winging it based on your previous experiences? So I did go and get certified uh, as a, a growth coach, a business coach. And, uh, used their system. So I, I used that. And then I also actually got into a mastermind with other business coaches where we work together to develop content and, you know, use each other's ideas to develop things. And so for about the first four years, that mastermind was just invaluable to really uh, develop processes and, and work with clients and find ways to really improve things. So Uh, Really, I'm a big advocate of masterminds for coaches or for any business owner. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's kind of a missed opportunity for a lot of folks. They don't realize how much power there is into collaborating with other people that it may seem like in some level you're competitors, but you really can be more collaborators. Exactly. Yeah. Now let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit. Are you was this a formal mastermind or was this kind of uh, an ad hoc that it was just a bunch of people that knew each other that started getting together? A little bit of both. We uh, we started kind of ad hoc with uh, people from around the United States, and uh, at one point had as many as like ten or twelve, uh, mainly about six of us though. But uh, became you know more formal. Uh, every two weeks and we would do it over, you know, zoom even back before COVID a long time ago, but um, yeah, just every two weeks. And, and we would have a, 
a portion where, you know, somebody would present a little bit, but a lot of it was open discussion to how to improve and thoughts of ways to improve different things like that. So, so if you're giving advice to somebody who was thinking about uh, kind of putting together their own mastermind, what would be some do's and don'ts that you've kind of learned? Well, obviously, one of the first things is you have to decide the format that you want. Do you want it to be a closed group? Do you want it to be an open group? Do you want it, you know, how structured do you want it? Uh, I'm personally, I like the open format of masterminds where, hey, you can come with a question, with a client concern, with whatever, and let's discuss that and and do it more, um, you know, informally as far as how to to really address new concerns that might have come up. But again, it kind of depends on what your format is. But I think you have to really define your format because as you invite people, they're going to need to know whether that's of interest to them. And, you know, the other thing is we want to please everybody, right? But depending on your format, not everybody's going to be interested, which is fine. So you want to find people that like the format that you have and buy into that format. And finding those right kind of philosophically aligned folks really is at the heart of this, right? You got to identify your tribe in order exactly. to really kind of make sure it's working for everybody. Very true. Well said. Now, um, in your kind of journey of being a business coach, um, what are some of the, your favorite parts? I'm kind of an analytical person, so I really like to dive into you know, being as systematic as possible and helping people align what they're doing. It's amazing to me that, you know, people don't always have the different parts of their business aligned, whether it's their, their marketing and sales aren't aligned or their processes and outcomes, or, you know, even their accounting versus, you know, their, their people, their operations kind of a thing. And so aligning those really improves businesses there. But I also, as I said before, I have a background in psychology. And so I really like to get into the side of building culture and, and helping businesses understand their people, motivate their people, keep, get, either keep or get their employees more engaged. Well, it's refreshing to hear you talk about culture. A lot of coaches that I've talked to, that's not really kind of on the top of the to-do list. And, and I find a lot of business owners kind of don't have a, a mindful plan on creating a culture. And uh, uh, like I've told them, it, whether you're trying to or not, a culture is going to happen. So you might as well put some intention, intentionality into it to help kind of direct it. Do you have any advice for folks when they're kind of thinking about developing a, a culture that resonates, that has meaning for their people? Yeah, like you said, it really needs to be something proactive. The biggest thing that most people, the reason why they're not more proactive about it is because, you know, when we're dealing with numbers and we're dealing with business processes, it's a lot easier to plan that out, measure goals, those kind of things. With culture, it's much more fluid. It's harder to measure activities and, and those kind of things. But there's, you know, basically four key elements that, lead to disengagement. And if we can focus on those and improve those, that's going to help the overall culture. And so one of them is, you know, how well the job fits. For example, you know, with 2020, 
a lot of businesses wanted to pivot and reorganize and they had hired someone that say for sales. And then all of a sudden they wanted to transition them into more of an office position or vice versa. And that person really, that wasn't a job fit for them. And so of course they're not going to be happy. And of course they're not going to fit into that culture and, and deal with it very well. And so the job fit really needs to match the personality and what the, the strengths of that individual is. And then are there some easy ways to do that? Or does that require kind of a one-on-ones and really open communication in order to get clarity in that area? With Weaver Business Coach, we actually use some, you know, sophisticated tools and doing assessments to help people assess people before they get hired, but then also employees ongoing so that they can really understand what drives them, what their strengths are, so that they can make sure that job fit is aligned with what their job is and and how to really benefit from that. The other benefit of that is helping a manager that's over that individual understand that individual so that they can work on specializing some training to help them in their strengths, right? And take advantage of the the superpowers, you know, the strengths that that individual has. And philosophically, that's what you've learned over time is to focus more on strengths and um, kind of getting maximizing their strengths rather than maybe spending as much time on shoring up the weaknesses? Yeah, you know, if, if you're a sole solepreneur kind of a thing, you have to look at your, your weaknesses and you have to deal with those. But the nice thing about having a business with multiple employees is you have a team and take advantage of the team that you have. Utilize that team because everybody has different strengths. And why have somebody that's, you know, not good at the, the detailed stuff, focus on detailed stuff. If you can have someone else that that is a strength of theirs and utilize the strengths of your team. And then your assessments help um, that entrepreneur kind of identify, okay, this person's superpower is that uh, service that fills in a gap in my overarching uh, needs. Right, exactly. And, And one of the biggest important things that employees need is they need to feel significant. They wanna feel, you know, Obviously, they're there for a paycheck, but they're also there to feel significant, like they're contributing to the overall business, to the outcome of things. And if you're utilizing their strengths and really taking advantage of, so to speak, you know, what they're best at, they're going to feel that significance and they're going to feel that engagement with the business. And that's, again, that's an area that a lot of folks don't pay attention to because it sounds like kind of a a softer skill, but, but having meaning or having a mission that matters really is important for most people. And a lot of times it's more important than the money. And I don't want to make it seem like money's not important, but having a pretty important why is, is the reason a lot of folks get involved in these kind of activities. Yeah. In fact, they've done studies and they show that, you know, depending on the industry, the, the dollar amount's different. But in every industry, basically, the dollar amount matters to a certain point. You know, so for, say, one industry, once you reach $100,000 a year, people are less motivated by, you know, an extra $5,000 a year. Up until that point, there's pretty motivating to get, in, you know, raises and and more money. But at a certain point, it becomes less 
about the money and they're looking for fulfillment. They're looking for significance. They're looking for meaning, a why. Now, when folks are working with you, what's the pain that they're having right before they hire Weaver Business Coaching? Like what, what is kind of some of their areas they're struggling in where your firm is the right solution to help them get to a new level? Well, we kind of talked about, you know, culture where uh, people are kind of, they have low productivity, right? They're not uh, seeing the, the engagement from employees. They're having conflict with between employees or high turnover, you know, retention problems, things like that. Those are all big key things. But we also work with smaller businesses where it's the business owner. And a lot of that is misalignment, as I said, where, you know, they, we kind of haphazardly put businesses together sometimes because different parts of a business change and we don't align all of those things as the different components change. And that's where, you know, looking at the business as a whole, taking that step back from an outside objective perspective and saying, okay, where are their misalignments? And so they, they don't necessarily see the misalignments, but they feel the pain of things just not running smooth, putting out a lot of fires and not seeing the potential come from the business that they know is there. Right. So the symptoms for them are, are, they may not be kind of defining it in the way that you're solving the problem, but the symptoms for them might be, wow, we sure are turning over a lot of employees here, or we haven't hit our sales goal in three quarters. Like those might be kind of things that they see where the solution might be what you were saying, culture or misalignment. Right. Exactly. So now when you're working with a new client, what does that kind of first uh, session or sessions look like when you're onboarding them or making sure it's the right fit? So we do consultations and in that consultation, we'll uh, do some different assessments, try to find out what their gaps are. And then once we start assessing and finding out what those gaps are, then we address, you know, what their their goals are. And some clients will come in and say, you know, we have this very specific goal. We, we want to sure up this part of the business. And that's our main focus. And others come in and say, hey, we want to do a holistic approach. And so we kind of try to tailor it to what their needs are and what their desires are and, uh, and go from there. And so once we really have a mutual plan that you know, we're on board with, they're on board with, then we dive into the the nitty gritty of that. Uh, can you share a story? Mate? Don't name any names, but uh, when someone was working with you and they had a challenge and you helped them overcome it? Sure. <laughs> Lots of different stories, I guess, that we could focus on. But, you know, one of the things that that we try to focus on is, is kind of top down. Right. And so for example, uh, one business about, about 50 employees, just to give you a rough estimate of the size had three partners and really the partners weren't on board and in alignment with what they saw for the future of the business. You know, one wanted it to be a huge business. Another one wanted to keep it kind of small and, and more, you know, controlled local and stuff. And, and so part of it was getting the business owners on the same page. And, and then once we were able to do that, then we could align all the, the other kind of components. And, you know, just in aligning that, 
all three owners said that, you know, they were able to cut their hours, their work hours per week down, but also just more enjoyment knowing that they had a clear direction, a clear why, and a clear how they were going to accomplish what their goals were. And they knew that everybody was on board with that. And then we put the pieces together to make sure that happened. And, you know, we assume that that alignment's there, but that's not always there. And so we have to go back and, and make sure. A- another interesting case was there was a business that we worked with that when we really dove into it, they had different departments, but each department, like four different departments, really ran independently. And as we looked at it, there was a lot of overlap, you know, one partner, one department was doing some of the things that the other department was doing and they were overlapping. Plus there was just a lot of misalignment with the, with those individual kind of pods, if you will. And so taking a holistic view of that again, and looking at the alignment of that, there was not only an alignment of some of the the key roles and and what the job descriptions were for different team members. But there was an also alignment of the goals so that the one goals of the one department fed into the goals of the other department and supported each other's goals. And when we did that, um, I don't remember the specific numbers, but, you know, in just a year, they grew like by 150% and, we're just killing it in the market. And it goes, the heart of it, it sounds like, is this kind of clarity and these open lines of communication so everybody's on the same page. And the, and that stuff, if you don't have that, it, it can build resentment. It can build frustration, lots of stress. Um, but if you get it right, you're like kind of, it's like an orchestra, right? Like if everybody's playing their own instruments separately, it sounds terrible. But if you can get them all together, it sounds wonderful. And uh, that's where I think a good business coach really can help. Well, one of the things I often tell my clients is, you know, when you go out and hire someone, you're usually hiring someone that one, you think is a right fit. And two, that's excited about the job. If in six months from now, you don't see them as the right fit and they're not excited about the job, is it their fault or your fault? You know, is it the something wrong with the business or is it something wrong with the person? And you have to at least consider that, hey, we didn't do the good job of the job fit or training or supporting them or culture. You know, we have to look at what it is that the business has been doing. Right. Like if this is happening time and time again, it can't always be the person. You might have to look in the mirror. Um, And that that takes putting the ego aside sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. That takes a little introspection there. Well, Keith, thank you so much for sharing your story. If somebody wants to learn more about your firm or get a hold of you or your team, what is the website? Uh, just weaverbusinesscoaching.com. And we have, you know, a number of different uh, articles on there and different things. So, yeah, if you have questions, we'd be happy to have you reach out and we'd be happy to answer any questions. Well, Keith, thank you for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Well, thank you for the podcast and having us on here and everything. And we look forward to continuing to listen and learning from you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Hey.